It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest episode. I'm Chloe and as it always, 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 always is, whether it's your first time listening or you've listened to all 300 plus shows we put out there, it's awesome to have you out there tuning in because I create this podcast to help you and if you're not listening, I can't help you. Simple as that, really. In today's episode, I'm talking to a one-person e-commerce business, a business which does both bricks and clicks. So they run events as well as running their website. We've got some great tips around that, some tips around how to find your products, um, all kinds of of good stuff. I really enjoyed this interview, so um, I think you're going to get a lot out of it too. For now, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's special guest. Karen McDonald is the founder at Blommer Beauty. She founded the business in 2018 to help customers find all natural and organic beauty products. Karen's clearly found a successful formula as the business is growing at 500% year on year. Hello, Karen. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Very happy to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you on too. Um, Now, I've just given the listeners a very quick overview of you in your business, but how did you get started in e-commerce? So my uh, sort of history is I was a retail buyer for many years, um, starting at Fennec department stores and finishing up at QVC Teleshopping. Um, So I worked for lots of different types of retailers in my time as a buyer and bought lots and lots of different categories. Um, And I started my career slap bang in the middle of the recession. So it was a really interesting time for bricks and mortar, but also switching to e-commerce. So I got lots and lots of experience um, in kind of different types of retailing from that and how to navigate um, a sort of unpredictable customer base and shopper experience. Um, And when I was buying at QVC, I started buying skincare for them. um, And I chose during that time to make the switch to a natural and organic routine. 
Um, and from a personal perspective, I found it really difficult to find products, um, try them and know that I was making the right decisions for my skin versus a kind of conventional high street, you know, beauty hall environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of didn't marry up. I'd read somewhere, I think it was through the Soil Association, that there were more and more natural and organic brands coming to market. And I was like, there's just something missing here. Um, and so I wanted to start a company that would bring these new independent brands to the forefront of the consumer you know mind um but also team that with an experience that was slightly different to the high street which was you know very changeable um and so i came up with the idea for the business that we would host pop-up shops events and then also have an online store to kind of get a holistic um retail business out of natural and organic beauty essentially it's an interesting mix, isn't it? The pop-up rather than permanent retail and online. And I think one of the reasons it kind of makes perfect sense for a business like Beauty, because when you found the right product, you don't have to keep going back to check it's still the right product. You just want to keep buying it. So if you can get people in on those pop-up events to to explore, to find, to discover, then it makes sense. Then then you don't have the cost of, of physical retail to keep them as customers in the long term. Yeah, it, it seems like quite a, a clever way of managing the cost space. Yeah, I think there's a few elements at play within that is that beauty is very experiential. You know, people want to feel the products, smell the products, see what they're like on their skin, how their skin looks. But equally, I think there's a stat that it, it's almost 90% of people still buy beauty in a physical retail space today. So there is that repetitive element which can be done online. But I think particularly with cosmetics, people love to have those new experiences um, and discover new things. It's a, it's a bit of theatre and a bit of discovery. So I think, yeah, that's why our kind of website is largely repeat customers. Um, and the events is very much our kind of lead generation for new customers um, as our kind of biggest traction channel. And with your your past experience at Fenix and at QVC, could you imagine doing a doing a beauty business that didn't have some element of this, the experiential to it? No, never. I think, <laughs> um, particularly with QVC, it's such an amazing business model um, where you're not actually seeing and feeling the products in real life, but the way that they structure the kind of education around the products um, with real people and real experiences in the studio, I think goes to show just how important that is, learning about a product, knowing what's going into it um, and seeing it in real life, whether that's yourself or through the television, it is is really, really important. I always think that watching... Um... Watching shopping channels should almost be, and especially if you're if you're in America, those infomercials. If I'm in an American hotel, I would just watch infomercials for hours. So addictive. They're they're so addictive, but so fascinating and such. It should be part of anyone who's trying to learn how to market, because especially consumer products, it's just a masterclass, a masterclass, a masterclass. But I think the product knowledge is absolutely essential. Um, And that's something that I've tried to convey with my business. I think when you're switching to natural and organic products, you you go down this sort of ingredient rabbit hole, I like to call it, because you turn your product over and you think, oh, what's that? Why is that in there? You know, what's this oil going to do for my skin? And I really wanted to bring that educational element 
to live through our website. So every ingredient is documented and it links from the product page. So you can click on any ingredient and go, okay, that's in there because it's moisturizing or that's in there because it's helping another ingredient travel deeper into my skin. So it's, it, we're trying to bring that educational aspect to a sort of two-dimensional website as well. Whilst very cleverly keeping them on the site and not having them going off and Googling something to try and find out what it's doing there. Yes, it's an eternal work in progress. I can't <laughs> say that we've got every single ingredient, but it's something that I work on you know, every week and the library is expanding for sure, um, which is great. Not all organic products are suitable for everybody, are they? There's, it, it may be organic, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be allergic to it or have a reaction or it's going to do the best thing for you. So you've got to pick the right one. Yes. Anything that goes on your skin, you need to, to know really what you can and you can't put on it. And that's very, very personal. And there might also be some ethical things at play, whether you're vegan or vegetarian. Um, there's certain maybe ingredients like essential oils can be wonderful skincare ingredients. But if you've got sensitive skin, they're not super suitable for you. So it's almost about us through the events and the website, creating the, this little army of um, informed consumers um, so that they can then make their own decisions for themselves and not be, you know, perhaps misled by marketing or us trying to sell them something you know because we work with nearly 30 nearly 40 now different independent beauty brands um so I feel like we're starting to become a source of impartiality where people can come to us and pick products rather than be sold on a particular brand because that person is commissioned or paid to to represent them so I think that's quite a, a positive thing in this world of the hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people are are interested in, in organic beauty and a lot create their own line rather than selling other people's. I suppose, is it because of your background at a buyer, it was always obvious to create more of a department store online than a DTC brand? Yes, in, a, in the non-glamorous way, <laughs> I'm a trader at heart. Um, <laughs> I love, you know, finding brands one of the things I used to love working for more independent stores was finding really small brands supporting them helping them launch into a, an, an amazing retailer um, and so I kind of wanted to do that again it would be fun to make my own products but I'm not an expert and I think I should use my expertise to help other people get access to the people that are experts in making those formulations so that's how it came about really. And I think um, the the expertise of the buyer, the merchandiser, is something which often gets overlooked by people entering this industry. And it's having worked with in businesses when I worked back when I worked client side, and the the ability of a buyer to spot something, to to find the right thing, to work with their suppliers, to create that, to put that product in the hands of the consumers is, to me, it's kind of a mystical science. And it's probably the reason I will never start my own e-commerce business because it's just not a skill set I have, but it is, it's a phenomenally important skill to have to, to make a business successful. I think there's a, a broad spectrum of buyers. There's some that will just go purely on gut and they're amazing, inspirational buyers because they can spot a best-selling product from a mile off and it's incredible and then there's some that are hyper analytical almost 
and a merchandiser to one extent that will go purely on the numbers, what's done well, what's trading, you know, historically well. And then there's some in the middle that kind of are a blend of a little bit of both. So I think it depends on the category you buy as well, but there, there's a certain spectrum amongst as old buyers (laughs) (laughs) well look before we go get completely into the whole job spec of a buyer which I'm sure some of some of you listening would find fascinating um I think before we do that though let's talk a little bit about um the basics of the business so where in the world are you and where are you selling to so based in London so selling to the UK mainland Europe uh America and Canada if anyone from a country that's not included that list though wants to buy from us people message us from here there and everywhere and you know we'll we'll set it up but they're the main kind of markets that we sell to um at the moment the event side of things is is purely in london um but e-commerce wise we ship internationally okay and what platform are you selling on are you shopify magento or something else we are shopify uh started off on wordpress with uh, some advice from a, a developer um, because it was more you know easy to code your own things in but actually being a, a one-man band actually switching to Shopify has been been much more cost effective and you can be a little bit more agile I think than using WordPress from a personal perspective. Yeah it does a lot of stuff so you don't even have to think about it doesn't yeah. it? Which is, <laughs> it's nice when it's just you in the business. Yes. Um, <laughs> If you're keen to give Shopify a try, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify, or you'll find interviews with other Shopify uh, e-commerce business owners and also some details on how to get a great deal on Shopify itself. Um, given you're on Shopify, there must be a widget or a plugin you'd love to recommend to the audience. Uh, yes, there's a few that I use. I mean, from a, a more recent perspective, the whole switch in GDPR, I think, has been good because Shopify just kind of handles that for you. You just get a little add-on. Um, whereas for other sites, you would have to, you know, write your own um, documents and things like that and upload them. And it was, you know, quite complicated. It's quite a complex legal requirement now. Um, but I've just started using SEO Optimizer. So I'm currently testing that to see if that, you know takes a little bit of time out of my day from having to you know write SEO descriptions which is always fun Um, (laughs) and then I think with us being product based and and consumer focused reviews are key for us so we have the the kind of reviews add-on as as standard which is is really good yeah I I couldn't imagine you running that business without reviews plug on actually to be honest (laughs) essential and we've mentioned it's just you in the team. So, so I guess first off, are you doing are you doing everything, or are you outsourcing anything? Pretty much everything. My partner also helps out uh, quite a lot. He's in marketing, so a lot of our assets um, will be created by him. Because of the scale that we're getting to with the events now, we've done eleven events in eighteen months. When I'm looking at outsourcing some of the event planning side of things to an external agency, which actually is focused on um, sustainable events, which is really key for us because sustainability is quite a big part of of our company. So yeah, just in talks with someone from that company at the moment, and it's it's hard letting that aspect go because it was the beginning of the business. But I think you have to realise what you can't do yourself anymore. And uh, that's one of the things that I think we're going to have to start outsourcing. 
It's a, it's a continual wrenching process. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the fun part too. So um, yeah, it's a shame, but it means that they can be bigger and better, hopefully. Um, and, you know, you just have to realise that you might have to give a little bit up to make something greater. So I suspect that the first time you go to one of your events where you haven't had to stress about whether the cupcakes have arrived or not and you walk in and there's just customers having a great time and everyone's got a cupcake you'll be like oh it was worth it (laughs) I tell myself I told you so (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, and are you doing your own pick pack or dispatch or have you got that outsourced um yeah at the moment I am doing that myself um but I've come up with you know we I have a little drop off that's like right next door Uh, being in London it's quite easy um I think if I was more remote it might be more difficult but as well our products are all quite small and they all tend to go into two different sizes of boxes I used to work for a logistics startup as well that did (laughs) service for small business so I kind of know the sizes that you need so I think where all of our products are quite um, consistent in size, it's not as difficult as if we were shipping lampshades and cushions, for example, where you would need 10 different types of boxes. It, it's quite easy to to just do that for an hour every day and get everything out. Um, and, and the products are quite nice and small as well, aren't they, which helps. So, yeah, storage is, is not really an issue. And we do keep when we have a store or an event going on, we do keep the stock here in my, you know, home office and in the store and we dispatch straight from the store. But other times when we don't have an event or a store on, we operate direct dispatch with the brands. Um, So they are also picking and packing. Um, And it means that because a lot of our brands are small artisan makers they make things in small batches they make things fresh and it's all natural and organic there's not a lot of chemicals well there's no chemicals there's not any preservatives really in the products so it's actually better for the customer experience for them to get that as a fresh product Um, and then also in terms of sustainability they're not shipping it to me to hold for however long it takes for the products to sell to then ship to someone else, it's going direct. So it's only being shipped once. Um, but if we have the stock physically in the store or at the event, we dispatch from then. So it, it makes it quite manageable. It's not as if I need a huge big warehouse or anything like that, which is what it costs. <laughs> Indeed. And it's, it's kind of like... Um... I often find that the things which I decide I want to outsource are the things which are the the abnormal. So, you know, you've kind of like, you've got your steady day to day and the things you do day in, day out, and that's quite manageable. And then you get the abnormal things like a launch or something which, which in your case, like the event, it's like, these are, these are big and spiky and in the number of hours they take up and the amount of focus they take up. So getting those off makes everything else better because you're able to focus on stuff day in day out rather than suddenly being consumed by something abnormal I think at the beginning it was very much strategic and operational probably more towards the operational side of things because you know I started the company doing I'm just like I'll just put one pop-up on and see if any people come and then I was like well I'll do another one because it did quite well and you know 
it just kind of grew organically that way. So it was very much like that became my day to day. And whereas now the businesses evolve that we have, you know, a longer term store, we have the website, we have the pop ups, um, plus all the kind of managing of the brands, sourcing the products, all of that, the events actually now become much more strategic. And therefore, we have a format that I can say, this is what it needs to look and feel like. These are the key strategic points that I want you to hit. And and then, you know, I'm trusting someone that's an expert can go out and do it probably far better than I ever could not being an event planner. So yeah, you're you're right. It's it, it does evolve as as the business does. So but it's like you've been hands-on perfecting it, testing it, optimizing it to get it to a point where you're like, right, this is our formula for for pop-ups. Yeah. It's now safe for me to hand it over. Whereas kind of on day one, it you know, it would have been crazy to go, oh, let's try a pop-up, see what it happens. Right. First thing I'm gonna do is find someone else to manage it for me. It's like that you'd kind of been doomed to failure if you'd have done that on day one, I think, because you wouldn't have known what you want, what you were briefing. Yeah, and I think as well, listening to our customers you know, quite a lot of them come to multiple events. So it's great to get their feedback and they kind of, you know, see me whizzing about on the day and it's great to chat with them and and hear what they would like from the event. So I think I needed to live it in the beginning to properly understand what it needed to be and also what it could be. Um, But now I think people know what to expect. So... (laughs) Yeah, so you've got to, got to keep those standards up. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times that over the over the last 18 months, you've done 11 pop-up events, yeah. which has probably got, it's got me going, wow. I'm sure it's got many of the the um, the listeners thinking that as well. And many of them may be thinking about giving a pop-up event a go. So what would be, what are the things you wish someone had told you before event number one that you've learned along the way that might help them out in planning their first pop-up? Oh, that's a really good question. I think don't, it sounds weird, but don't get bogged down in the tiny details. The first event I was set on having like a checklist on a clipboard and I would go around to brands and be like, have you given me your competition prize? Have you set up your table accordingly? Have you got, you know, something that you need to give for the treatments that, you know, product to bring your products to life? And I had and on the day and I'd made like sheets of paper to navigate brands to where they were going. I was like, it's a one room pop up. Like you don't need to get so bogged down into having everything perfect. I think the key thing is to make sure you just manage the relationships and communicate in whatever form. Actually, the pop up events in person or verbally is much better than having a sheet with a checklist. And then I think is also, I'd say I always try to visualize both the customer's journey and the the brand's journey on the day to be able to, for the brands, help structure the information I need to give them so they feel like they're prepared for it. And then the customer, I know how I can maybe market the event to them from their kind of point of view, what they might be looking for. yeah, that's two two things I would consider. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. So you can calculate the exact postage online, print from your PC and avoid trips to the post office. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. So Karen, you've just given us your top tips about preparing for our first pop-up events. We're now going to do the top tips round. So are you ready to give the listeners ever more advice? Yes. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, It would be a book called Traction, which basically my old boss gave it to me to borrow And I just thought it was another one of those, you know, how to market your business books. Actually, it was incredibly captivating, really easy to to read. And it it was almost about streamlining what you're doing. I think we were talking earlier about when you're on your own running your business, you wear many hats. So you do everything. And I think the same can be said with how you market your business. You think, oh, I'm going to do emails and I'm going to do Instagram and I'm going to host events and I'm going to pay for someone to do my SEO. But actually, it tries to help you cut out the noise and focus on what is really working for your business. I keep referring back to it still now. This, I think it's a really, really useful book and it helps. I think there's, it's still got legs as your business grows because what is relevant traction for your company at the beginning is not necessarily if you become, you know, like I would like to be the space NK of organic beauty, for example, you know, a couple of years down the line, the, the traction that we need to gain will be vastly different. So I, I really recommend that book to everyone. Okay, top recommendation there. And the traffic top tip, which marketing methods do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I'm probably going to be a bit revolutionary here um, because I think for my business, e-commerce is very competitive. Um, and so if I just had the website, I would say, you know, it's it's things like social media, say like Instagram, we sell a lot on Instagram and I use later to kind of publish products and stories and things like that. Um, but actually, 
the most worthwhile marketing channel for my business, and I think it goes back to the fact that it's beauty and people want to experience it, is hosting these stores. We've just launched um, a three-month store in London. And actually, for what I'm investing in that, I will get more of a return. I already have seen more of a return than if I was to put that same money into purely um, online-only traffic generation. So it's maybe a little bit of a rebellious answer, but that actually going old school and being face-to-face, engaging with customers, getting them to touch and feel and experience products actually works wonders for getting that customer back to my website at a later date. A great answer. I love that. I always love love a bit of offline marketing. <laughs> always very powerful. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I am really loving Later. It's an app that helps you schedule your social media posts. Um, and it's got some really good um, tools already in the kind of free package, which is you can have link in bio um, instead of using a different scheduler and then having a link in bio app together. It, it has both in one. And that's actually been really great for um helping people get to our blog posts, helping to get to particular products. I see a lot more click-throughs now from social now that we have a link in bio than if I'm amending it every time to be a different link. So that literally it'll put the post on Instagram and at the same time it changes the link in your bio to be to go to wherever that post is promoting. Yeah. So it just right. has a link it says link in bio blommer on our pay on Instagram profile you click that and then it's almost like another little mini feed of um, the most recent posts and linking back to the content so you kind of never lose that if people are looking at older posts as well I think it's quite useful very nice good good tip (laughs) Uh, the growth top tip if you met someone today who's focused on growing their business from 100 orders per month to 1000 what would be your number one tip for them I think it's not to underestimate the cost of shipping and I mean the total cost of shipping like we use maize chips we use recycled cardboard boxes you know they're not cheap the tape that we use is recycled and recyclable that's not cheap and obviously you've got astronomical costs of postage I think there's some particularly from an independent brand standpoint there's the big players that you know people have come to expect free shipping I think if you're marketing your business right and you're creating these genuine relationships with your customers don't be afraid to stand firm and and try to obviously limit the cost of postage where you can but don't be afraid to stand strong and not give away that shipping for free because actually as you scale that can really affect your cash flow it can really affect your your profit as well so I think that's the advice I would give Great. More great advice. Karen, thank you so much for all your advice today. Now, before you go, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah. So you can find us at blommerbeauty.com, which is our website. And then we're on Instagram, which is blommer underscore beauty. Um, And blommer is spelled B-L-O-M-M-A. And then also, if you do you like any of our products or you want to delve into organic beauty? We are giving um, 
massive e-commerce masterplan listeners 15% off with the code masterplan15. Perfect. And thank you very much for that. That's uh, that's very generous of you. Karen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Today. It's been awesome chatting with you and finding out about, about your business. And I'm, I have a feeling you're, you're uh, destined to great things. So maybe in a year or so, you'll come back and tell us how it's gone. Yeah, no, I'd love to. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. How fascinating there to talk to Karen about the ways in which she's she's growing and building her business. And I love that clarity she's got of we run the pop-up events, the real world events in order to get people trying the product, to educate them, to get them into the product, to recruit those new customers. And then online, it's all about retention and keeping them coming back and making sure they go to the events in the first place. Um, it's just some really sound advice there. So um, I suspect many of you may be planning on uh, giving a pop-up a go. And I th- thought Karen gave you some really cool advice there about how to make it work and how to make it work well. If you have enjoyed this episode, um, you can get all the notes, um, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will find this show listed and you can just click through and then find out all the details and you'll find out all our other shows too. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, then please do give us some feedback on their review app. For now, though, I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast. <laughs>